0: Welcome back to the Informatics Cafe. I'm Mike Nitardi, your host, and I'm pleased and proud to have with me in the cafe today, Tony Saldana. He is a, a former Procter & Gamble executive. He was a vice president there for both IT and shared services, and he is the author of the book, Why Digital Transformations Fail. And we're so pleased to have Tony with us today to talk about that book and to talk about digital transformations Um, And not only that, but we're pleased to announce that uh, Tony's going to be our keynote speaker at the upcoming DX Twenty Two here at Northern Kentucky University's College of Informatics. Tony, welcome to the cafe.
1: Hey, thank you very much. Delighted to be here at the cafe, Mike. Um, I um, would love a cup of coffee. Now we're doing this virtually, so I'm pulling (laughs) Mike's leg.
0: Yes, no, it's it's uh, that. So we'll have a virtual cup of coffee. But it is it is great. (laughs) Uh, to finally get to meet you and to talk about this. What a fascinating and timely and important topic uh, that, is, that is ongoing. Um, and we were just talking uh, before we started, and you said that the, the book came out in 2019, but this is something that's going to be going on, I know, for quite some time. Why don't you start from the very beginning, if it's okay, and explain to our listeners what, what is a digital transformation?
1: That's always a really good place to start, Mike. Um, and actually, it is your question is the reason why I wrote the book, uh, What is Digital Transformation? So <clears throat> through the work that I had done at Procter & Gamble, um, uh, among the many roles that I had, towards the end of my career, it became very obvious that even though Procter & Gamble shared services was considered to be best in class in the world, that um, even that, Um, needed to evolve. So nothing can be static. You need to disrupt everything. Wow. Uh, And it's not disrupted necessarily by who you consider to be your competition. Uh, So it's not, you know, shared services of, you know, Unilever or Henkel or, you know, Kimberly Clark. It's going to be disrupted potentially by startups and startup service providers. And so everything gets disrupted. Everything needs to be transformed the question is, what exactly is digital transformation? And you ask a good question because, you know, whenever a topic is timely and relevant, the term gets co-opted by every person that's selling something. Right? No so doubt. If you have a software, you know, uh, a company that's selling the next version of email, they will say, hey, Mike, you have to do digital transformation and this is exactly what we do. Um, So that is really what creates confusion. And therefore, to my point, I I absolutely needed to write about my own experiences there. And so the way I answer that question is to say, you have to step way back from the technology, even from the culture and the organization process. And you have to have a world industry view of what is happening around us. We are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution. And unlike the first, second, and third industrial revolutions where the disruptive technology was steam engines, uh, electricity, and internal combustion engines in the second, and then in the third, it was the rise of the internet. In the fourth industrial revolution, digital technologies is transforming everything. It is transforming every industry, including education. It is certainly transforming consumer packaged goods like Procter and & Gamble. And it is transforming all other technologies. Digital technologies is transforming medical technologies. It is transforming physical technologies, IOT, drones, and so on and so forth. It is transforming social technology, Facebook and social media, right? And so when you talk about what is digital transformation? The only possible answer to that is anything that makes you successful in the third industrial revolution era, which is, you know, up to now, if you don't transform that to continue to be successful in the fourth industrial revolution, that's the only Possible correct answer for digital transformation. Right, you have to be successful in the new industrial revolution. Right, that is digital transformation.
0: Right, now that makes a lot of sense. And and what I like about the 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 title is that it um, assumes or presumes that that people are going to be and need to be and know they need to be taking part yes. in digital transformation, yes. um, and that that they want it to be successful. So maybe talk a little bit about how you came up with the title because. Everybody needs to do it and probably knows they need to. Correct. Yes.
1: Yes. And and that is exactly the right assumption. So um, uh, it was interesting um, towards my last few years at Procter & Gamble 2015 or so, I had the opportunity to talk to 100 different very senior people, you know, corporate executives, CEOs, Uh, venture capitalists, um, startup uh, leaders, you know, consultants, so on and so forth. And actually with each of them, I did ask the question of, you know, what is digital transformation? And also where are you in the journey? And and two things stuck out. One is, yes, there was confusion on the definition of digital transformation. (laughs) But then the second thing that stuck out is your other question now, which is, you know, are you familiar with the need to transform? And the issue is very, very simple everybody knows they have to transform the question is how right what exactly do you want me to do i'm the ceo of the company i don't know it i don't know programming what do you want me to do right Mm -hmm. are you talking about business models are you talking about technology are you talking about organization change are you talking about digital literacy what exactly do you want from me and so i think you're going an assumption that people know they want to transform but they are frustrated because they don't know how exactly. is exactly right. Yeah.
0: No, exactly. It, so, you know, I don't don't want to give away too much uh, in our in our conversation here today. Obviously, people can can buy the book and read it, um, but I, I take it that a lot of it has to do with your uh, trial and error, maybe at, at at PNG. Is that is that safe
1: to it assume? Does. It, 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 it does. It um, it It is. It is based on my experiences at PNG, and and then you know outside of PNG prior to that as well. Um, but the the, um, the fact of the matter is that um, the book is a is meant to be a checklist um, of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a spectrum of what people consider to be digital transformation, what I do in the book is I put that spectrum of the definition of digital transformation into five different stages, where. Stage one is what most people consider to be digital transformation, which is simply automation. So, you know, I used to do this work manually. Let me put it on a computer. Let me use SAP, you know, so on and so forth. Right, right. For me, that is just stage one. That's not going to win you the fourth industrial revolution, right? All the way through stage five, which is where you change not just the technology, but the culture of the organization for consistent, sustained winning. You become like a Netflix with the ability to reinvent yourself. So you change the organization culture along with the technology. So if those are the five stages, what the book is intended to do is to give you a checklist to understand where you are in that spectrum and a list of things based on real life examples, anecdotes, and a lot of experience on how you could potentially move up that ladder.
0: Uh, So, uh there there are so many questions that that pop into mind and i i guess that have you been able to in in your work been able to assess where you think most companies are on on that uh, scale of 1 to 5
1: i i have uh that's a fascinating question too um so when companies tell me oh we have a digital transformation program uh, and I have uh, had the opportunity, with their permission, to assess them. Uh, the average uh, of all of those assessments that I have done uh, ends up being somewhere at between stage one and two. Uh, it's it's about one stage one point four. So stage <laughs> one is uh, it is actually not transformation; it is automation. And right. stage two is 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 basically um, uh, siloed uh, automation or a silo transformation where, you know, they have some wins. They have one or two success stories where they've used artificial intelligence to maybe change the way they do accounting or whatever it is, right? That's stage two. So they're somewhere in there. Yeah, They're, they're still streamlining their automation and they've got some wins on their success stories for stage two.
0: So it, it seems to me that you know, in, in any type of change coming across an organization that there's, a, there's, you have to get a lot of buy-in within the organization because people are spending their days doing what they do, doing what they do already, and all their, their activity and focus is on that, and, and that can be a very, you know, check-the-box kind of a ordeal. How do you get uh, organizations to buy into, you know, the changing of the focus and the atmosphere and the culture kind of like you were talking about earlier?
1: Um, so, uh, it has to be a two-part movement um, within the organization. One is the top-down and then the other is the, the bottom-up mm-hmm. cultural change. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 90% of all failed digital transformations fail because of organization change reasons, not for technology or not for Leadership direction reasons, right? So uh, that's that's really important to 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 have pull for the change as much as there is a need for leadership, air cover, and support um, for this change, right? So um so how do you create that change within the organization? Um as leaders, we have to recognize that our organizations are delivering against what we reward them for. Um, and in most cases, you know, typical MBA um, theory um, until relatively recently has basically said, there has to be two parts to the organization strategy. One is run the business brilliantly and keep cutting costs and all that kind of stuff, growing the revenue. And then the second is continuous improvement, don't stand still, Yeah, keep improving 10, 20% every year. right? Um, The additional insight that I would like to provide is that that strategy works brilliantly in normal, stable times. Um, But at inflection points of industrial revolutions, you need a third part to the business strategy, which is in addition to running the business and improving it, you also have to have a third leg, which is you have to try to disrupt yourself, right? So the example I would give you is if you kind of throw your mind back to the second industrial revolution, let's say the evolution of the horse carriage into the car, right. uh, no amount of operational excellence and continuous improvement of the horse carriage would have given you the internal combustion engine, right? Right, right. So, uh, and, and that's why they're called industrial revolutions. There is something disrupting the entire industry. So the reality is that that framework is necessary for leaders to understand, which is their strategy, has to have three different reward systems for running the business, for continuous improvement, and for disruptive innovation. And then they, part of their job is to implement the reward system so that the bottom-up feed of ideas, you know, the accountant will know best what can disrupt the accounting processes or procedures within their company, right? So those ideas have to come bottom up, and when you do that, you have brought the organization along with you.
0: That is that is fantastic and profound. That and and certainly, obviously, it takes as you just said, it's going to take both uh, top down and, and bottom up in order for that to happen. The, the The top of the organization has to be okay with that disruptive aspect being one of the top three ways of of charting success. Uh, and then they have to instill that and, and give the people below them the ability to be disruptors, I guess, and and and, and promote it and and exactly. reward it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Yes. So, having that in mind, I've got two questions to follow up on that, if that's all right. Uh, having that in mind, uh, do you think one must precede the other? I, I mean, I would think logically that if the if the if there's not buy-in at the top, there can't be. The work yes. from the bottom is that
1: correct? Absolutely, you are absolutely spot on. Um, yes, um, uh, unless the leadership initiates and understands the change, uh, the bottom-up thing is 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 dead on arrival. Yeah.
0: So then, so then, it kind of leading to the next question, and, and hopefully, I'm not you know leading like a lawyer to the, get the answer that I want. But, hey, but
1: as long as you're leading in the right direction, I'm perfectly fine.
0: <laughs> but but so the the inability then or to have a lot of organizations let's say then at 1.4 or whatever it is is it because of that failure from the top part of the organization would you say to buy into that disruptive aspect or you know or, or is it because it seemed to me that it would be a lot more companies that once they get that top buy-in they'll get the bottom to move but you can't get the bottom to move unless you've got the top
1: Yes, um, so I think actually it is a, a combination of different factors, but um, if I were to kind of summarize, you know, why is it that you're on an average, we're still at 1.4 and not three or four, or whatever it is, is for two reasons. Um, one is, is because of the confusion around the term digital transformation. Um, our CEOs, our government leaders, our leaders um, aren't necessarily, you know, a hardcore tech people. So when they are CIOs or when their people say, we are doing digital transformation, they trust them, right? And so I think that's part of the issue, which is that language. Now, if I go to a business leader and say, you are 1.4 on a scale of five, that shakes them up. But right. that hardly ever happens, right? Because- that scale is, is not widely in use. So, so that's one reason, which is the terminology itself, right? So uh, we give ourselves a false sense of security. Uh, we dabble in do successful pilots of artificial intelligence and blockchain and stuff like that, but very few of those get scaled across the enterprise. So, so, so all of that is the first reason. The second reason is that even when the goals are set correctly, the execution methodology, the implementation fails. Mm -hmm. The implementation fails because the the discipline methodology that's being used to implement digital transformation is the same methodology as any other normal um, PMI, Project Management Institute certified um, (laughs) uh, methodology. Which is to say, take a solution Um, and implement it and make sure the project does not fail. Unfortunately, digital transformation doesn't work that way. Uh, The reality is you're disrupting something. And so the only methodology that works in that case is a combination of portfolio management, venture capitalist based, hey, you know, work with 50 different ideas and kill 40 of those and let 10 be successful. You know, a combination of that for portfolio management and for the ones that eventually get selected, then you use, you know, project management methodology. And the third part of that methodology is organizational change management. So it's really the combination of those methodologies that is necessary. That discipline does not exist sufficiently in most organizations, which is why, the second point of failure is execution failure.
0: That makes a lot of sense. It seems to me that uh, it would almost be, and, and, and please uh, jump all over me and correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, but just listening to this, that an, an organization would be or should be willing to bring in a consultant to help them with something like this, <laughs> with moving in this direction, because you're going to have to fight a lot of the, the same old cultural urges that the company already has, that the organization already has. What do you think about that?
1: I I do think that's accurate. Um, And, you know, whether it's one consultant or bringing the outside in, I think the best thing that a leader that wants to drive transformation can do is to start by, you know, um, looking at the outside and trying to bring all of that inside the company. So one of the things that I do in the work that I've done since uh, Procter & Gamble uh, I have a couple of businesses. One is um, I do uh, advise about 20 of the Fortune 100 companies at the board and CXO level on digital transformation. And then the other thing that I have done is um, I actually have, along with my previous boss from PNG, set up the global standards and certification body for shared services across the world. So, uh, but uh, in the work that I do for my former uh, role that I was describing, um, what I do is I, I start with what I call shock and awe, which is, you know, let the leaders of these companies, you know, experience what is currently happening in the world that could disrupt their ending without having gone through the measurement process that, you know, we are at, you know, let's say 1.4, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's always the best starting point. And then, of course, the second part of that is then the execution methodology.
0: That, that is that is amazing. Thank you for that insight. Well, Tony, I want to thank you so much for joining us in the cafe today. The, the, uh, the talk about digital transformation. We're, we're joining uh, each other in, in the uh, our, our digital cafe today and, and for talking with us today about your book, Why Digital Transformations Fail. Absolutely fascinating. Um, and I highly recommend that people run out and, and get it and, and apply it to their organizations. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: Informatics Cafe is a production of Informatics Plus, the outreach arm of Northern Kentucky University's College of Informatics. Hosted by Mike Nitardi. Produced by Chris Brewer. Music and engineering by Aaron Zlatkin. Recorded at the Informatics Audio Studio in Griffin Hall.